The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We are a four-quarter team that we're going to continue to fight until it's 0-0 on that clock. Um, we're never going to give up on our brothers. Um, we speak on each and every week on how we are brotherhood here. Closing out the show, Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And we're closing the show by talking to Mark Weiser, Georgia beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald. Mark, good morning. How are you doing this fine morning? Championship Monday. Championship morning. Monday morning as a Georgia reporter. Mark, how are you? Hey, how's it going? How's good, it going? good, Mark. Good, good. good. Hey, Mark, real fast here because we do a little college pickums, uh, and we did a bunch of bowl game predictions. And uh, Damon, of course, comes away with a, a grand total of twenty. I don't know about of course. Um, so uh, you know, out of nowhere, Damon Benning, of course, knows his college football. Uh, but aside from that, Shane and I are tied right now, and it comes down to tonight's game. We both picked oh Georgia, <laughs> and whoever is closer to the total points, doesn't have to buy breakfast for the other two tomorrow morning. Yes, sir. Okay? Shane picked 72 points, and I picked 73 points for total points scored in this game. If you had to choose a total point, like, number, would it be under 72 or over 73 for this game? Uh, I think I want I don't necessarily expect another 42-41 game like Georgia just had, but um, I guess, you know, TCU just... Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think the, maybe they'll, they'll uh, button it down a little bit on defense. and um, But, you know, I guess you're only bre- betting on breakfast, so whatever. So I'm paying for breakfast. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> hey, so we heard from McIntosh in, in, in the, uh, the highlight there, and, and I'm looking at... At Georgia, listen, the great front four and the the speed on defense, and we have a hard time sometimes naming their starting trio of wide receivers or getting the respect they do for Stetson Bennett. When you look at this Georgia football team, in your opinion, how underappreciated are they as an offense as a whole? Well, I think the Georgia fan base uh, certainly appreciates it, especially because they've been waiting for an offense that can be this diverse and have so many different offensive weapons. You know, they don't have necessarily, uh, you know, a, a star receiver like, <clears throat> you know, Ohio State had, like TCU has. Um, well, they, they sort of do. A.D. Mitchell, Mitchell's but he's been out for, for most of the year with, with a uh, high ankle sprain, came back and had the big touchdown there with uh, under a minute to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brock Bowers is their, their biggest playmaker, and he's a he's a tight end and part of a terrific <clears throat> duo with Darnell Washington, who who may or may not play uh, tonight. Um, so you know, 
I mean, this is an offense that um, had been kind of, you know, it's, it's RBU is kind of their bread and butter with, with Todd Gurley, with Nick Chubb, with Sonny Michelle. But, you know, they set some Bennett through for 399 yards the other, uh, you know, 10 days ago, whenever that game was. So, um, you know, they're certainly a lot more exciting. And um, Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator in his third year, has really um, taken it to a new level. Speaking of Stetson Bennett, you know, this is a guy that didn't get a lot of love coming into this season. People kind of thinking like, hey, Stetson Bennett isn't as good as, as as we think he is because he plays on Georgia and Georgia's such a good team. But, I mean, he's kind of low-key the engine that makes this offense go. How important has his play been this year to get Georgia to this point? Yeah, I mean, I think he pretty much, you know, his story of being a, a former walk-on who had to transfer to a junior college and came back on, on scholarship um, was, you know, I think he made a bunch of believers when he beat Michigan, um, MVP of the Orange Bowl, beat Alabama, MVP of the national championship game, and, and look, Georgia's 14-0 now. He was a finalist for the Heisman. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to find his way onto an NFL roster somehow. Um, you know, so, you know, he certainly wasn't heralded coming out of high school, but I mean, it's hard to ignore, um, you know, what he's done in the last two seasons as Georgia, you know, one went away for another national title. And speaking of not being, uh, you used the word heralded, I remember when Smart was hired, right, in this transition of the SEC, and it was pretty lukewarm on the national level, right? And then, you know, it's trying to get over the hump, and yeah, he's just a good recruiter. But man, and we heard McIntosh say it again in the open, they talk about the culture and the chemistry. I listen to Kirby's pressers about guys playing and what it means and understanding being the hunted and a standard of play. Safe to say he's got this culture thing down pat. I, a couple Four years removed from the hire, he, Georgia fans got to feel like they did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's only 47 years old. He's in the national title game for the third time in six years. And, you know, his second year, mostly with Mark Rick's players, um, you know, and, and there's no sign of slowdown the way they're recruiting. Um, you know, he gets whatever he needs facility-wise, uh, financially, in terms of staff. There's a $500,000 buyout for to get an assistant coach that he wants. So Georgia's writing that check. Um, you know, and, and he's totally <laughs> wow. he's, he's totally driven. I mean, um, I'm sure if they win tonight, tomorrow morning, he's going to be uh, going through a to-do list of things he needs to do for next season. So, um, you know, there's no sign that that this uh, kind of trade is slowing down. TCU has kind of embraced that underdog role all season long. You know, being that team that nobody thought would make it to the national championship. You know, I think they were 200 to one odds, if I remember correctly. Um, and, and you know, they do have some various weapons that could be cause for concern for Georgia, but when Georgia looks at TCU, they're concerned by actually what? Well, if if you saw what LSU did, 502 yards passing in the SEC championship game, now much of it was in the second half when Georgia had the game in control, um, and then C.J. Stroud you know, found a way to you know get out of the pocket, make plays with, with his feet, and also um, in the passing game, their secondary, you know, has been torched the last couple of weeks, uh, but they made stops at the end when they needed to. Um, so I, I think TCU, obviously, with, with Max uh, Duggan and um, his core of receivers, uh, is a threat in, in a way he can run on design runs and scrambles. Um, you know, there's a challenge there. Mark, when you're taking a look at it, 
X factor. I think some people were surprised by TCU's physicality and their style. And, and, and sometimes even, um, you know, Michigan players alluded to a little bit of the complexity and scheme. You got to feel pretty good about the veteran leadership and big time performances of Bennett and some guys having some experience when you look at the degree of difficulty that TCU can bring in terms of scheme. Yeah, I mean, they play a 3-3-5 defense that Georgia's seen in a couple of variations this year, I think against Kent State, Mississippi State. Um, you know, but they're opportunistic on that side of the ball. I mean, their defenses are not very impressive. Um, but they had a couple of pick sixes last week. <clears throat> and, and Stetson Bennett, um, you know, he's uh, known to have a, a player or two that, uh, you know, Kirby will, will get on him uh, on during the game. And, and so he really can afford that kind of thing. Um, in this game to, to allow TCU to keep it close with, uh, you know, a kind of a, a boneheaded type of, of play. But um, he's been in these games. Uh, on the, He plays his best in these biggest games when you look at the final result. And, and so, uh, you know, I think Georgia feels good about his experience in this environment. We're speaking with Mark Weiser, Georgia beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Weiser. That's W-E-I-S-Z-E-R. Mark, when you say Georgia wins this game. Who's going to be the hero? What's going to be the hero play in this game? The storyline. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, last year it was <clears throat> somebody we didn't expect. It was Keely Ringo with a pick six, uh, you know, to, to take it back and, and seal the deal. So um, I'm going to think it's going to be someone that, that, you know, is not necessarily on the top of our tongue, somebody that, um, you know, they got so many four- and five-star recruits on this roster that are kind of waiting for their moment. So um, I can't really pull out a specific name, but, but it might not be Stetson Bennett, although – you know, Bennett seems to be the MVP in all these games. Somehow, some way, he's going to probably get that trophy. Mark, let me get you out of here on this. You know, listen, Kirby worked for Nick, and, and we know that story. And But he's coming to his own now. Georgia's arrived. They are, they are holding serve uh, and could win their second national championship. Is there talk, or do you just let the sleeping dog lie, that there has been a shifting of power? in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, that's been out there. I mean, I think Paul Feinbaum is, is kind of stoking that fire, um, you know, weekly. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't think Kirby's going to, if they win tonight, he's not going to embrace that narrative. Uh, I think Stetson Bennett said the other day that, uh, you know, back-to-back isn't necessarily a dynasty. you got yeah, you got to keep, did, didn't you know, yeah. building them up. So, um, you know, I think there is kind of a, a changing of the guard, whether – you know, uh, you know, when you went back to back, I mean, you're, you're the hot team. You're, you're the you're the it factor. So, you know, Alabama's got to contend with that. But you know, Saban's got a uh, closet full of trophies still. <laughs> that that sounds weird to Mark, say. Mark, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. Uh, have some fun tonight. All right, should be good. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. That is Mark Weiser, Georgia beat writer for the Athens Banner Herald. And it's, it, it's always interesting if people want to accept that role, that mm-hmm. mantle, because sometimes you downplay it as though it's not really a thing. It's like if you don't say it out loud, then it's not really a thing. Other times people embrace it like, yeah, we're the new kids on the block. This is a great follow-up to our poll results of today. The poll question was, who are you taking tonight in the national championship game? Are you taking Georgia at minus 12.5, or are you taking TCU plus 13.5? And And the reason I put the spread in there was because if I just put Georgia-TCU, people would hammer Georgia because they are, you know, heavily favored in this game. But by putting these odds in, it's, it's kind of a little more difficult now that I'm looking at it. 
Um, I put minus 12 and a half and plus 13 and a half for TCU. I, th- I meant 13 and a half for both, but regardless, uh, it's back down to 12 and a half, and 65.6% of the audience thinks 13 and a half in favor of TCU. Mm, interesting. And other news uh, on this Black Monday, what the Texans letting go of Levy Smith already? The Texans, we'll get into this in the morning dump too, because the Texans talk about a team that's like, hey, we plan for the future, we plan for this, and that, then they fire a coach back to back years after one season. Doesn't seem you're like not, You're that. not going to be planning for any sort of future, <laughs> regardless of, hey, a one and done coach next year. Beside that, but we'll get into that in Morning Dump, and you can head that direction now because that's where we're going to continue talking about things that we can't get to on Coffee and Cream in the Morning. Until tomorrow, we'll see you then.